Good morning, everyone. Today is the 337th day of the year, leaving only 28 days ahead of us in 2018. Although our 12th month of the modern or Gregorian calendar, December, with the DEC prefix meaning 10 in Latin, was the 10th month on the Roman calendar that began its year with March, the month of planting, when man would yearly wage a new war on the soil by tilling it and preparing it to receive the seeds that would eventually lead to crops, December should be a fine month for appreciating what the cold nights bring us, a view into the close planetary conjunctions of Mars, Venus, Mercury, and Jupiter, the best meteor shower of the year, the Gemini peaking a week and a half from now, the close approach of comet Wirtanen less than 7 million miles away about the same time at Earth's perihelion, an asteroid of high nickel-iron content at apposition, and the first of probably many fantastic photos from the newly situated InSight, which landed on Mars a week ago. Also, for those who in one way or another throughout the year keep track of the sun every day at noon, December is the time when the figure eight that the track of the sun creates becomes complete and is known as the analemma, a figure eight which, if plotted out on a graduated scale, indicates the sun's declination and the equation of time for every day of the year, the sort of setup frequently found on sundials and globes. And speaking of the equation of time, today in 1989 at the Malta summit on the island of the same name, the leaders of the world's two superpowers, Soviet President Mikhail Gorbachev and U.S. President George H.W. Bush, declared an end to the Cold War. This time of year, we in Down East Maine continue to lose light at a varying rate until the third week of the month, when on the winter solstice we begin gradually gaining light, first in parts of minutes, then in full minutes, in a pattern pretty much the reverse of how December began. By now we are getting accustomed to wearing multiple layers of clothes and coping with meteorological conditions considerably less comfortable than the ones we will be enjoying a mere few months from now. I remember that day in early December, 29 years ago, vividly when Gorbachev and Bush decided to try making nice together for the world. A little over three weeks before, on the 9th of November, the 11-foot-high Berlin Wall had begun coming down, on purpose. Built in 1961, the wall had, during its 28-year stand, been one of the major Cold War symbols. John Kennedy had visited it early in his presidency and declared to West and East Berliners that he was with them. Ich bin ein Berliner. I am a Berliner, he told them. In 1969, while stationed in Europe with my father and family, I visited Berlin with my mother and my sister. My father, as an active-duty U.S. Army officer, was not allowed to travel in East Germany, but the rest of our family was. So the three of us boarded a night train in Frankfurt am Main in West Germany and traveled until the next morning through West and East Germany, eventually reaching West Berlin for breakfast. There we scouted about the city, which still had more than a few bombed-out buildings remaining from World War II. 
24 years obviously had not been enough time for the last city Hitler had lived in to recover from the sort of devastation that he had prompted at the hands of the Allied forces. We also visited a popular viewing station on the West Berlin side of the wall, where I found myself in a conversation with a former East German border guard who had escaped from East Berlin the year before and was working to bring his family over to the West. I managed as well to cross the border into East Berlin at Checkpoint Charlie. Once on the other side, in the East, Ber East German portion of the city, I experienced firsthand the joys of being a capitalist shopping in a communist territory, where the exchange rate for currency was 13 to 1, meaning that I was able to purchase an exacta, a fine 35mm camera and lens, for the equivalent of about 25 US dollars. Fast forward to the first week of May 1990, when my girlfriend and I had just spent some time with my mother's relatives in Westerwald, Germany, about halfway between Frankfurt and Cologne, and were then headed south to Austria, Italy, France, and Spain. Especially during our first few days on trains in Austria and Italy, we would see young folks entering the train cars with backpacks that had chunks of concrete sticking out of the top flaps. Then, when such erstwhile concrete chunk carriers would find seats and become acquainted with other travelers of similar ilk, they would compare mementos and where in the wall each chunk had come from. By and by, the further south we traveled, the more we would encounter prospectors who had not yet acquired a piece of Berlin's history, as they were inbound to the remains of the wall. Before Herbert Walker Bush and Mikhail Gorbachev formalized the mutual understanding at Malta that the Cold War was over, Bush's predecessor, President Ronald Reagan, had made a monumental international public relations moment out of a Hollywood-caliber remark that went, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall. Little would anyone have guessed that so many Europeans and tourists from elsewhere would collectively, in individual increments, accomplish the task that Reagan had requested. Finally, today, a few birthdays. Founder and lead singer for Black Sabbath, and now perhaps best known for the reality TV show The Osbournes, Ozzy Osbourne, is 60 years old today. Actress Daryl Hannah is 57, and ice skater Katarina Witt is 53. And had he not left us in 2012, Andy Williams would be 91 today, who started his career the year I was born, in 1952, with the hit Moon River. From Orono, Maine, here's to a great day.